0: Good morning. Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh. We're delighted to have you here in worship, especially all the young faces. Hi, guys. Old friends and new, please pick up the friendship pad and pass it to everyone in your pew. Please sign your name so we are aware of your presence and that we can greet one another by name. At the conclusion of worship. If you wish to talk to a Stephen minister um, on duty, I actually forgot to see who it was, but they're standing in the back of the Narthex wearing a special name tag. Um, take a look at the bulletin for details on upcoming events and additional announcements. Um, we do have a couple of announcements today. I'd like to bring everyone's attention to this pamphlet. Um, it is in the the pews with all the cute little pamphlets that are lined up, um, but it's probably in the very back. And it's a trifold brochure on the church officer nominating form. And it has a lot of information in it about what the different officer positions are, both elders, deacons, and trustees. If you have any interest in serving as an officer in the church, we would love to hear from you, because the nomination process is happening currently, um, and we will be deci- making those decisions in November. So be thinking of it, and um, there are, on the very back of it, there are names, both emails and phone numbers of those of us on the committee, and please feel free to contact any one of us about any of the positions. We are glad to give you more information. And we have an announcement from Noel.
1: So today's the day. Nancy Skelton will be up in room 201 at 1130 to answer your questions about Medicare Advantage. If that affects you personally, it's a good thing to go to. And if you're caring for a parent or another relative who is on Medicare Advantage, it's a chance for you to come and uh, get your questions answered. Nancy will present all of the major providers of Medicare Advantage Insurance and their uh, deductibles, their premiums, etc., etc. We start at 1130 in
2: room 201.
0: Please join us for refreshments in Fellowship Hall at the end of worship. We will begin our service with the prelude.
1: As we come to worship today, I I learned that uh, we probably ran out of some bulletins, so you can share with them. Let me also let you know that the hymn numbers that we will be singing, these three hymns are up here, and we'll try and announce them for you as well. But we know that some of our worship is also responsive. We gather to worship with many needs and in many mourning moods. Some are ready to shout. That is not going to work. Some are ready to shout. Some echo the psalmist's anguish. Some are looking for guidance and direction from the word of God. Some long passionately to be close to God. As seems, so my soul to you, o God. Some search for guidance concerning God's blessings. With God stands ready and able to respond to our needs. join me in prayer. Heavenly God, you have filled the world with beauty. Open our eyes to see love in all your works, so that enjoying the whole creation, we may serve you with gladness. Through Jesus Christ our
3: Lord.
4: Amen. The psalmist assures us that God is our dwelling place. God knows all of who we are, and God cradles our brokenness, heals our sin, and nurtures us into a new way of being if we but call upon God in humility and trust. Let us confess our sin, knowing that God is gracious to hear us.
3: Almighty God, in in love you spread spread good good gifts before us. More than we need need or deserve,
4: you feed, heal, teach, and save us. We confess that that we usually want more, that we hesitate to share share as as freely as you give. We We resent resent what what we lack and and are are jealous of those who have more. We misuse what you you intend intend for joy. In mercy, help us to take such pleasure in your goodness that we will always be thanking you for the gifts, the the opportunity, and and the life you give us. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back.
1: Today we will affirm our faith using these very ancient words from the Scots Confession of 1560. We confess and acknowledge one God alone, to whom alone we must cleave, whom alone we must serve, whom only we must worship,
3: and whom whom alone we must put our trust, who is eternal,
1: infinite, immeasurable, incomprehensible, Omnipotent, invisible, one in substance, and yet distinct in three persons, the Father, the Son,
4: and the Holy Ghost, by whom we confess and believe all things in heaven and
1: earth, visible and invisible, to have been created, to be retained in their being, and to be ruled and guided by his inscrutable providence, for such end as his eternal wisdom, Goodness and justice have appointed, and to the manifestation of his own glory. Amen.
4: You may be seated, friends. God's historic word is taken this morning from Deuteronomy chapter 15, and the name Deuteronomy is taken from those two words, Deuteros for the second and nomos for law. So this is the second reading of the law, and I invite you to hear God's word to each one of us. Every seventh year, you shall grant a remission of debts. And this is the matter of the remission. Every creditor shall remit the claim that is held against a neighbor, not exacting it of a neighbor who is a member of their community, because the Lord's remission has been proclaimed. Of a foreigner you may exact it, but you must remit your claim on whatever any member of the community owes you. There will, however, be no one in need among you, because the Lord is sure to bless you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you as a possession to occupy. If only you will obey the Lord your God by diligently observing this entire commandment that I command you today. When the Lord your God has blessed you as he promised you, you will lend to many nations, but... You will not borrow. You will rule over many nations, but you will not, they will not rule over you. If there is among you anyone in need, a member of your community in any of your towns within the land that the Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted towards your needy neighbor. You should rather open your hand, willingly lending enough to meet the need, whatever it may be, Be careful that you do not entertain a mean thought, thinking the seventh year, the year of remission, is near, and therefore view your needy neighbor with hostility and give nothing. Your neighbor might cry to the Lord against you, and you would incur guilt. Give liberally and be ungrudging when you do so, for on this account the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in all that you undertake. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: was wonderful. I don't know how you learned so many words like that. You sang almost as many words as John Knox wrote when he wrote that creed we did. If there are other children who want to come on up, come on up. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going to happen over the next two days. This is an exciting time. How many of you have a costume for Halloween? Oh, you do? Uh are you you what's your costume gonna be? Um I'm gonna be Captain America. You're Captain America? What's yours? Harry Potter. Harry Potter. You're not gonna be a princess? Uh-oh. No. <laughs> and, and, and what are you going to be? A what? A phone. A phone. How do you wear a phone costume? <laughs> You'll fit it over your head. Is this a big costume, a phone? And you know yours? What? Oh, from Star Wars. Oh, yeah. I always wanted to be R2-D2. Let me tell you, I'm assuming, though I don't know, you'll probably have a parade at school, and then are you going to go from house to house with some kind of basket and look for candy and things? Yeah, you do Halloween and trick-or-treating? Yeah. They do. Do you like that idea? Kind of. Because that's what I want to talk to you about. I always thought, I used to go Halloweening too, and I would go from house to house, and we would uh, dress up in costume like you do. But I have two sisters, and we came up with this very crazy idea we spent a couple of evenings at the kitchen table and we made thank you notes for people. And they wanted to give us candy, but we didn't necessarily feel like we wanted it. We could get pretty high on sugar anyway. And we knocked on doors and we said, we have come to give you something. Thank you for letting all the children come to your home and for passing out candy. We just want to say thank you. And that's all we want to do is give you something. And you know what the people did at the houses? They didn't know what to say. (laughs) They were almost silent, like we didn't expect this. And that's not what we would have done. And it's interesting, that particular Halloween... I think we had more fun giving the notes than we did receiving the candy we got the year before. And we learned that sometimes that giving is actually more fun than receiving, which is really different. They gave you chips. Mrs. Boak will deny this, but our children swear that one year she passed out toothbrushes to all of the children who came to our house. And and she will tell you that that never happened, but she can't convince either one of our children that that was the case. Chips is not so bad. Toothbrushes, well, I don't know. And the thing that's wonderful is we come to a church like this and... The message we have is not what we receive, but what we give, which is really important. Lord God, we give you thanks for this beautiful day, for the gift that these children shared with us with their singing. We ask that you would keep them all safe when they do their trick-or-treating, and that you would bless them, and that they might bring joy and blessing to others. So gift us all, Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope you have a great time in Sunday school today. Thanks for
3: listening.
2: Okay, now we have the audiovisual situation under control. Good morning. Good morning. Over the past few weeks, we've heard loving generously messages, messages that express our gratitude for God, for what we have, messages that acknowledge that our faith leads us to act generously, and messages that explain the importance of keeping our promises as God has promised us. Today, the message is about serving God by giving freely to the ministry and mission of our church. I'd like to highlight the many ways we give freely, including our annual stewardship campaign. We've been blessed over many years to receive gifts into our endowment fund, gifts from individuals and uh, gifts that were given in memory of others. The original value of these gifts is in excess of $1.2 million, of which over 200000 has been received just in the last three years. As a matter of policy, we annually distribute 5% of the market value of our endowment, or about one hundred thousand dollars consistent with the donor's designation those funds are deposited into various restricted funds and also used to supplement our operating income again consistent with donor designations now even after these annual distributions our endowment has grown by nearly one million dollars up to about two point two million dollars to diligent and wise investing. Endowment is certainly an example of giving freely, giving freely of gifts that keep on giving. Separately, we've also received gifts to be used currently and are placed in restricted funds based upon the donor's request. These restricted gifts total about $829,000. About $35,000 has been received this year alone, in addition to the endowment distributions that I've mentioned previously. These gifts uh, provide a variety of services as designated by the donors. For example, gifts to a pastor's discretionary fund are used by Bruce and Carrie to help those most in need in our neighborhood and area. We've also received gifts to help to beautify our grounds, our memorial garden, and some gifts have been given undesignated, which allow our session to use them uh, at their discretion. These gifts uh, were given from estates, were given as memorials, or just individuals who wish to contribute to something of a personal interest. We've also received gifts for particular projects that are of interest to members of the congregation. For example, we've received gifts that will allow us to uh, illuminate our beautiful stained glass windows in the evening. We've received gifts that will help to renovate our kitchen, a project that will get underway in just a few weeks. Our generosity extends certainly well beyond the annual giving to enable us to do a wide variety of things for our church, for our mission, for our community. Turning now to our operating budget, I want to stress where these gifts come from. Our budget of $765,000, about close to 80% of that comes from the annual stewardship campaign and, and your commitments that you make for the coming year. Another 14% comes from uh, unpledged gifts, contributions, per capita uh, reimbursement that that you make. About 6% comes from the donor-designated gifts distributed from our endowment, as I mentioned earlier, to supplement our income. And lastly, um, we receive uh, rental income from our ARC house next door. And that supplements our our income as well. Now, what's not in these numbers and what I think is so critical and what is so beneficial about our church is our mission giving. Funds that are provided directly to a wide variety of mission projects, fundraising activities, mission trips, disaster relief, Annually, this amounts to more than one hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars. Again, apart from funds that are just that are contributed to our annual operating budget. In that regard, our church stands out among churches in our presbytery and, and beyond because of our commitment and our action in the area of mission. It certainly was demonstrated most vividly last week, as Bruce presented a. Uh, a uh, tremendous presentation, chronically our support for mission in Africa, which has assisted orphan children and changed their lives forever. In perspective, for every $1 that we give to our church for its facilities, for its programs, we give an additional $0.25 cents for mission It certainly is a testimony to our loving generously and giving freely. Our stewardship campaign, as in the past, emphasizes the fact that everyone counts. Every gift is very important to our ministry and mission. We're grateful certainly for every commitment, but it's important to note that nearly one-third of total pledges Come from those who make a uh, annual commitment of less than $2,500. Everyone counts. Fulfilling your pledge, if you are able, certainly helps us to meet our operating budget and provide the ministry a mission that we certainly all care about. Since launching uh, our online giving service in February, over 40 families have utilized this service to make uh, annual uh, supporting contributions for pledges and offerings, made them for uh, special offerings, contributing to mission programs, and other fundraising. If you are interested in utilizing our online giving service for this year's contributions, I would encourage you to visit our website or Check with Seska in the church office if you need any help. It really occurred to me that in addition to giving freely, we really need to give joyfully. Our second reading from Corinthians this morning will be told that God loves a cheerful giver. I took a little poetic license with this and feel that God loves a joyful giver. And we have much to be joyful about. Personally, uh, since Karen and I became grandparents for the first time not long ago, we've taken a renewed interest and joy in our children. As we witnessed this morning the shining and smiling faces of our youth choir as others came up to join in the mouse report. We uh, witness the faith that grows in these children as they attend Sunday school, church school, on up to the Logos program, and ultimately come before us professing their faith and confirming their membership in the church. And beyond that, as these youth participate in mission trips, they learn to appreciate and experience the joy firsthand of contributing to others. We appreciate and we enjoy and share in the joy of our music program. Certainly as evident this morning by our youth choirs and by our not old choirs, but our adult choirs. (laughs) Music is a tremendous part of our service, and we are certainly grateful for the leadership of our choral and music leaders who so graciously give up their time. We share in the joy and the beauty of our church facility. And... uh, how it is so well-maintained, a church facility that provides a safe, a warm, and welcoming place for our RAIN families who enjoy so much visiting with us. We take joy in the work and the ministry of our church staff in providing the programs and support, the facilities that we all enjoy, and being so welcoming to all of us. And we certainly are appreciative and share in sharing the joy of our ministers who, 365 days of the year, minister to us in so many ways. So it's in the spirit of loving generously. Let us freely and joyfully consider support for the 2017 stewardship program. Thank you. And now, let's turn our attention to the Word of God as it comes to us from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 9, verses 6 through 12. Here Paul appeals to the church for a generous offering to help the needy Christians in Judea. Listen to the Word of God. The point is this. The one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and the one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each of you must give as you have made up your mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance, so that by always Having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. As it is written, he scatters abroad, he gives to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for your great generosity, which will produce thanksgiving to God through us. For the rendering of this ministry not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also overflows with many thanksgivings to God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Thank you, Rob. You are a blessing to us. Most churches should be so blessed to have a treasure like you. Luke 6, I say to you that listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you, If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also, and from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you, and if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get. So once again, we have our store-bought sign here as we do our exegesis and try to look And say, is there something in the Bible that talks about giving freely? Well, I found the words together right in Proverbs chapter 11. Some give freely, yet grow richer. Others withhold what is due and suffer only want. It's kind of fascinating, isn't it? Giving freely and feel like you're rich. And yet, withholding and feel like you don't have enough. We have all of these verses all throughout Scripture, like the ones we've been reading. But if I was to tell you which is the most quoted verse currently in our culture, you might be surprised. We just read it. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. If we go back about 20 years, analysis tells us that the most commonly quoted scripture verse was John 3.16. But we've kind of changed a little. And now people feel that the most quoted verse is do not judge and you will not be judged. We tend to remind each other that um, if you plan on criticizing me, better zip it. Right? but we tend not to read what the rest of this quote has to say. Has it ever seemed to you that although in comparison to so many places in the world, the United States is a place of prosperity, and yet people are tending to feel worse and less comfortable or that we have forgotten that money really doesn't buy happiness? But generosity itself tends to breed more positive attitudes. Really, some of us have never had it better. And yet we've never felt worse. That's the surprising state of affairs in our society. As we discover that cash cannot create contentment and that possessions do not provide us with any sense of peace. I mean, sure, we gawk at the extravagant shopping sprees of Hollywood's best-paid superstars, but we know that many of these same folks and celebrities are just a few steps away from having a meltdown and ending up in rehab. What Grandma said was true. Money doesn't buy happiness. But most of us expect that improvements in quality of life are going to make us feel better. But they don't, at least not by themselves. In his book, The Progress Paradox, Greg Easterbrook makes the point that life is generally getting better all the time. Our houses are pretty good size, our health care is improved, the environment is slowly becoming cleaner now. Despite all the hand-wringing and the problems in some places, we have generally seen a drop in crime rates decreases in certain areas such as divorce, teen pregnancy, and drug use and abortion have actually, over the last five years, gone down. So, why isn't all of this good news making us jump for a little joy? Well, Easterbrook has some intriguing ideas why we feel so rotten in the middle of our nation's riches and how we can be simultaneously healthy but unhappy. Bad news sells. If it doesn't bleed, it doesn't lead. It's always a disaster of some kind that draws us to television news reports, and bad news is what keeps us glued to the tube so that we will wait and watch many commercials just to hear snippets of news. During a snowstorm in Washington, D.C., the local NBC affiliate changed the name of the weather segment of their evening news. They changed it from Weather Center to Storm Center. Well, guess what? They've never changed it back. We have beautiful sunny news, so let's get the weather report from the Storm Center. We don't sleep enough. Americans sleep an hour less every night than they did a generation ago. And if that's not bad enough, we sleep about two to three hours less per night than people did a century ago. And with such sleep deprivation, it's no wonder we feel the way we feel. Did you wake up cranky this morning? No, I let him sleep a little longer. We are full of envy. Award shows, feature films, celebrity internet sites, People magazine, they're constantly bombarding us with this information about how fortunate members of society live, and this is bound to make us feel envious, even if our lifestyle is comfortable. The solution from one problem seems to create another. Easterbrook describes this phenomenon as the unsettled character of progress. And his insight makes some sense to me, if you think about it. We invent an anthrax vaccine, and then we hear that it has terrible side effects. I mean, I listen to the evening news at 6 o'clock. And most of the commercials are about medication of one kind or another and pharmaceuticals. And then they give you this long list of what's going to happen to you if you take them. And I think to myself, no, I think I'd rather just die right now. (laughs) We create a nationwide network of cell phones, and then we live in terror that some distracted driver is going to run us over with his SUV. We develop miraculous cures for diseases and then worry if we're ever going to be able to afford them. The unsettled character of progress leaves us feeling anxious. Well, what do we do about this? And especially when it concerns money. The Apostle Paul laid out another paradox that we might call the stewardship paradox. In any true paradox, you are faced with a statement... That seems to be inherently contradictory, but turns out to be true. In Paul's words to the church in Corinth, he is saying that personal enrichment comes from great generosity, and that blessings in abundance come from sharing abundantly. His point is that you receive the most when you give the most. So, how does this work? I mean, the point is, says Paul, that using an agricultural image, the one who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whether you're growing melons or mission projects, Paul's right. You cannot expect significant results without making a significant investment. In Robert Kennedy, His Life, biographer Evan Thomas notes that Kennedy... Who at the time was a child of wealth and privilege rarely carried any cash. He relied instead upon various members of his entourage to always pick up the tab. One day, Kennedy, who was very devout Catholic at the time, attended a church service with a friend who dutifully placed a dollar on the collection plate in Kennedy's behalf but he heard this muttered protest. Don't you think that I would be more generous than that? (laughs) Which raises the question, if your neighbor was going to put in for you, how much would they put in? Now, next Sunday, we're going to bring this fall series to a conclusion. We'll add one more command line to our sign, which is um, to love generously. And we'll round the corner with all of this. But I really want us to think just so briefly about exactly what Rob was describing, to love joyfully. Rob, you learned what the word is in Greek at the last service, right? The word that he translated joyfully is actually the word in Greek. It's the word hilaros, which is the word from which we get Hilarious. To love and give with hilarity. Now that is a paradox. This has been a busy week for some of you and also for me. We had worship last Sunday and then after worship I flew with others to Columbia, South Carolina. You may be aware that Last fall, 40,000 homes were under three feet or more of water in Columbia, South Carolina. And some of those folks are still waiting to have someone come and help them repair their homes. So we went and we slept in the basement of the Lake Murray Presbyterian Church. They made space available for us. And then um, yesterday, some of us got up about 4.30 and, in the morning, and we waved goodbye to Dan Trana and Beverly and Jenna, who's here in the front, as they left the parking lot of the church and drove back to Pittsburgh. They got on the road about 5 a.m. They were here about 6 so I told Dan he must never had his wheels touched the ground. I mean, they drove pretty quick. Uh, our prayers for safe travel w- were heard, and any prayers that may have been offered for protection from police, I think, were heard too. <laughs> but there they were this morning at the 8.30 service. They were our greeters back here. giving all week, giving of themselves this morning. Were they upset about it? No. Now, the Lake Mary Church let us use their facilities. We linked with the St. Bernard's Project and AmeriCorps, and we worked on a number of homes. Uh, The homeowners for whom we worked We're so grateful for our visit with them. They've had to wait all this time. Some of them have been waiting for over a year to have work done on their homes. But they greeted us with donuts and coolers full of cold drinks, and our spirits were buoyed by the smiles and the attitudes of these young AmeriCorps workers. For a while, we worked on Johnny May's house. And um, Johnny May's had, uh, um, we, most of the walls had been torn out, most of the ceilings. We were finishing tearing down the ceiling and, and getting rid of the mold and mildew. We sprayed a lot of the house on the inside. And then uh, I was on a ladder and I was reaching up to grab hold of the insulation which had turned white, which is a sign that it was filled with mold. And as I was pulling it down, I pulled down this really thick piece of what felt like cardboard. I didn't know if it was more insulation or what, I just kind of dropped it on the ground. And then Debbie Trana picked it up. And who should show up at the house about that point but Johnny May, the owner. And Debbie took over this package of cardboard. In it, was something that had been lost for 20 years. It was the artwork from her children, elementary school, junior high, high school artwork. And we learned that her son had won the state award from the Governor's Cup in South Carolina for his high school art, all lost, until trying to recover from this house. And Johnny May could not have been more gracious and grateful. And at one point she said, it took this horrible flood just to find this. Then on Thursday, a handful of us went to Nichols, South Carolina. Over 90% of the homes in Nichols suffered severe damage because of Hurricane Matthew. Matter of fact, in the backyards, they were still filled with water. We carried out portions of the interior of Ryan and Courtney's home along with some Baptist folks who came to Nichols to help. Ryan and Courtney had left their seven and two-year-old daughters with family as they came to watch their house being gutted. First, there were their belongings. There girls' stuffed animals and baby dolls, bedding, carpet, books. The debris was piled about five feet high, and it stretched for 30 to 40 yards. Then came the furniture and the drywall and the flooring as we tore their home apart on the inside. Ryan and Courtney went around to each volunteer, thanking them for coming to help them dismantle their home in the process of getting rid of the mold and the mildew that was disrupting it. And at one point, staring at this pile, Ryan broke out into a smile And then laughter. He said, God is so good to have brought you from Rochester, New York, to Nichols, South Carolina, to be with us. It's an image I will cherish for a long time a generous, giving spirit is what gives us a sense of peace and confidence and hope and purpose. Owning more stuff doesn't do that. Who knows? We may even break out in laughter in a world so often that makes us feel rotten. And in that, in the hilarity of our giving find contentment.
4: It is not the size of our gift, but the sincerity of our commitment that counts with God. We are called to give in proportion to our blessings as an act of dedication and gratitude to Almighty God. So let us dedicate these gifts using our printed prayer. Eternal God, We dare to give because all we have has been freely given to us. Even when we believe that we have little, we know ourselves to be richly blessed. We spend too much time comparing ourselves with those whose seeming abundance of material things and possessions. We ask these offerings as an act of our praise and thanksgiving. We ask that they might be used for Christian education and worship. Please use them for ministry and mission. We bring them on behalf of those with spiritual hunger and those who have little to eat, those who need compassion or justice, and those whose cupboard of hope feels bare. Help us to be your hands and feet to others around us. Yes, use us, Lord, and use these offerings. We ask it in Jesus' name. The chancel certainly is lovely today. Cindy Barbin has taken from her own garden and artfully arranged for us the lovely flowers on the retable. table Thank you, Cindy. And we also give thanks and praise for the lovely white flowers that you see on our communion table, for they are in memory of Ellie Scott, whose memorial service will be this afternoon at 3 p.m. here in our sanctuary. We're thankful that the family is here to gather and to remember her wonderful life. We also give thanks and praise for a lot of birthdays that we're celebrating today. Kristen Thawne, oh my goodness, could it be that it's your birthday today? As well as Laura Bachman's, and you share it also with Luis Martinez. So if you see any of the others, please say hello to them as well, and happy birthday. And speaking of birthdays, Cole Emmett O'Flaherty made his debut this week. He is John and Chelsea's son, and he was a whopping 8 pounds, 5 ounces, 21 inches long. He looks just like John. He's going to be a tough mutter like his dad. We give thanks and praise also for the mission team having returned safely and for all the good ministry that they did down there. And Bruce, we're glad to know that you're just giving a little bit of blood these times. Not too much. This is good. We're also giving thanks and praise for the ways that surgeons work wonders. So tomorrow, Martha Crawford will have hiatal hernia surgery, and we give thanks and praise in advance for an uncomplicated surgery. We're also praying with... Amy Oldfield for her friend and co-worker Ian Marshall who has just been diagnosed with stage three colon cancer. May he also find the treatment and the care and the support and the love of many around him getting him through this. We give thanks and praise also for the life of Ken Woodward who was a former member here and whose memorial service was held yesterday. We thank God for having received him into the kingdom. Please pray with me friends. God, our creator, it is by your gracious will that Christ invites us to worship together. We give thanks that you have taught us in so many ways how to be hilarious givers as well as abundant forgivers. By your mercy, you have broken the walls that divide us, uniting rich and poor, people of all shades, the lame and the spry, the bright and the bland, the loyal and the disloyal. All are reconciled by the one who broke bread that night so that our separations could be healed. We give thanks for your love, and we give thanks for the ways that you have taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us the bread, and forgive us our debts, and we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from temptation. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, we'll sing verse 1 and 4 of hymn 822, verses 1 and 4.
1: The sun gives liberally, flowers share perfumes, the birds chirp corally, we wish on the silver moon. Winds whistle a symphony, cooling the gentle breeze, raindrops, rhythms be, lullaby call us to sleep. Let us strive to be gracious and give more generously. Each day let us be contest and share our souls. Freely we have been given. Freely we should then give. Go in peace. May the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the blessing of the Holy Spirit go with us and abide with us all today and in the life everlasting. Amen.